Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal! While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, they also know how to turn up. Does he have it? Yes, he does! I unmute myself. Man, second time that happened. All right, let's try that again. Greetings and salutations. Another episode of Fangs up here. And uh, as y'all can see, man, you know, we, we upgraded in the jersey department a little bit. You know, we got the we got the orange, we got the white, we got the green, we got the family colors. Um, so I ain't gonna lie to y'all. Look, I hit that little deal up, you know, they post in the group getting jerseys for the low low. They don't officially advertise with the podcast so you know uh if you know you know if you don't email a brother i don't mind sharing my contacts i ain't one of them that <laughs> you ain't got these uh i ain't grabbed my you ain't got these though those are in the room over there because some of y'all ain't got them and i'm not wearing them to homecoming them things are heavy <laughs> um but all that stated big shot at hbcu digital network this is home home to, home to herb stewart and the black techies also, home to the things of podcast, man. So, you know, uh, but today, man, we're gonna kind of look at the receiving room a little bit. You know, the rack boys, who are the rack boys? And if you don't know, I don't do the rack boys 2.0 thing, I'm over it, I'm, I'm done with it. I've been here, it's just, sorry, sorry, I just kind of stuck just a little bit. Oh, there we go. You know, I don't stunt hard, I just, you know, it ain't tricking when you got it. <laughs> And uh, look, I told you I got it for the low. <laughs> uh, but I did get, whew, I ain't gonna lie, I did pay full price for the football uniform. That one hurt. That didn't hurt the way them family LeBron's hurt. But yeah, yeah, the jerseys, that was a light work. That was easy. Uh, but man, we're gonna look at the receiving core. And we also, man, look, if you missed it, I don't know where we got some of these scholarships at because we got to be at like 100 players. Like, I don't want to see what the travel lot roster is because we go like doggone monsters from Space Jam in a minute. But we got a lot of students and we got some more that just added on to the roster. So I'm gonna start with that though. We're gonna go ahead and jump on so that you can see who these new rattlers are. So we got three in the past about a week or two. First one, right, yeah. Quan Lee, that is a uh, wide receiver transfer from UCF. So he is from Gainesville. Supposedly got some ties to FAMU. Six-foot receiver. We're going to be able to see. And now, look, Coach Riz, that's my guy. Good people. I'm about to, I'm about to, I'm about to ask him, like, yo, Coach, what you doing? Because FAMU went for two uh, today. We had two commitments. And both Chili Davis, man, you got to be excited, Coach, because they did you a solid on this one. Like, we got double special teams, guys. So we got a punter and a long snapper. And I think that some of this is depth. But, yeah, just look, just an hour ago. So that's the long snapper we got. They're both from Chicago, Illinois. So we're going to be able to see. So long snapper is the 2023 prospect. And the punter, look, there we go. Look. Dude's excited to be at FAMU. So, some big offers, big commitments. And you're just seeing more reason why I'm extremely confident in my FAMU Rattlers this football season. And I'll say it now. I'll say it then. First game of the season. I'm going to go ahead and spoil it because we're going to do a game-by-game breakdown. OBC, FAMU by 20. You know, I don't normally go out there and say with my chest like that, too slick. And when I leave the predictions to other people. But for me and mine, and my wife's not a FAMU fan, she's a UCF graduate. Hey, she can't be perfect in all ways. But uh, I got FAMU by 20. So on my lightning strike right there. So, um, but yeah, that's what I got right now. FAMU by 20. 
You don't like it? Argue with your mama. That's okay. I, I've said it to other people who are not fan viewers, and I stood by it. So, uh, but the Rack Boys. Now, we'll address the elephant in the room at the end. I'm not even going to go there with you and nobody else. There's an elephant in the room, though. Production-wise, there's a huge difference. But I mean, we just start off with the big names. And the big names are Jamari Sharid, also known as K-Dot, 5'7". He makes me feel he makes me feel all right, you know. Uh he's number 10, 44 receptions, 500 yards, three touchdowns, leading receiver coming back. Like that, that is far and away your leading receiver. And it's 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 kind of close, but it's not. Like so, and you know, K Dot didn't really play in the spring game, if I remember correctly. And he, he's going to be a guy that you can play on multiple roles as far as his potential. I mean, he, he's not tall. Like, I mean, and I'm, I'm not picking on him. I'm five, eight myself. So it's not like I'm, I'm not caught. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm be honest with y'all about that one, but him being at that height, especially in this offense makes him versatile, meaning that he can play both that kind of slot receiver as well as going in the backfield. I'm wondering can he slip into a little bit of that Bishop Bonnet role? I think Leland Willoit is going to be more of that just because he is bigger. He's a little taller. About, oh, I mean, four inches taller. So, I mean, Willoit's almost like 5'11", six feet almost. Jamari's 5'7", and it's a 5'7". It's a legit 5'7". So, um, but with that kind of production, three touchdowns, 500 yards, you're really going to be looking for him to be very consistent this year. And he's probably one of your receivers with the better set of hands. Like the next guy would be Oxendine. Oxendine is 5'10. He's number 83, 18 receptions, 194 yards. And you're going to be asking him to make some of those plays. Like he's going to be one of those three guys that you're looking at. And the other guy is Manigo. Like, and for however you feel about Manigo, he is what he is. 6'3", nice size receiver, 300 yards last year, 23 receptions, no touchdowns, though, from what I saw online last season. So, but I'll say this. One of the things with Manigo, the question is going to be, he's going to be able to squeeze the ball and hold on to it because he's one of those guys, he makes some catches that makes you say, like, oh, my word. But then he'll turn around and he'll drop a ball. Like th this was in the spring game, and man, it was it was one of those plays where you're you're watching, and you're like, "Yo, dude is dude is kind of like that." Like, and I mean, it's great coverage. So, oh come on now, really don't play. Like you can see right there, like that was a extremely tough one. Like the corner. Almost perfect coverage. And you're able to see he, he couldn't quite come away with it. And he was upset about it. Uh, Y'all can see where I was. And hopefully you, you couldn't catch all the volume because he was, he used a word or two that, that he might not want to repeat it. But that's going to be the question with Manigo. Can he hold on the ball? Can he catch it? And is he going to be consistent? Because with his size, with his speed, Manigo has what I would want in a pro receiver. Just he's 6'3", and it's a real 6'3". It's not a 6'3 in cleats. He, he's legit 6'3". Like, you know, I, I got to turn my, my head up a little back, you know, when I'm talking or speaking to him. And he's a cool dude. You know, he, you know, he's serious, but pretty he's a solid guy. If he can get those numbers closer to where Xavier's were last year, yeah, he gets a shot. He, he definitely gets a shot. But he's just got to make he's got to make those catches, and I missed it once. Man, I missed this one catch from the spring game. Go back and watch it on the uh, Facebook feed. Manigo and the ball gets called out of bounds. He catches on the sideline, and it's a toe tapper, and it was a catch. I mean, it was gorgeous. Like you can start to see, like, oh crap, this dude's got some chops as a receiver. Like one thing I do like about Manigo, he catches the ball with his hands, like. 
that's part of the reason he drops some of them because he catches the ball with his hands. And that's what you want to do. That's why I stated about him squeezing the ball. It's not an actual, like, an actual squeeze of the ball. It's actually when you're saying a player needs to be able to squeeze the ball, you're saying, can they hold on to it? Can they bring it in? Can they finish catches and things of that nature? And that's going to be the question for Manigoa. The jugs machine is going to be his friend. Put that thing on 60, put the gloves on, put a helmet on. <laughs> Please, anytime you go on above 20 on the jugs machine, wear a freaking helmet. Honestly, if you're going to jugs machine, just wear a helmet. But uh, that being the case, I think that's going to be the, the, the key for him because uh, he's probably going to be one of our receivers that is going to be looked at. Like, those are my top three. Like I started off with the top. I didn't, I didn't kind of go and hey, we're gonna dilly dally in. Nah, we started off at the top. But since we are starting off at the top, man, look, we're bringing them back. If you hadn't no heard or don't remember Cable Buster TV, who you gonna call? Cable Buster. Check them out. Twenty four hour trial, no credit check, one to five devices starting at thirty five dollars per month on up to three devices if you are interested hit them up 813-360-1902 cable buster's website is being updated so the only reason i didn't see you to the website is because they are getting updated trying to make it a better service for you so go check out cablebustertv.com now the returners we got a couple returners and and the way I did this, they're in numerical order, but the players that are returning, they got a little more stats than the other guys. So we have the, the big names, the guys you know about. Then we got the returners. Then we're going to have the new boys and the other guys. And the other guys are, some of them are guys that are transferred in that didn't play, but they're names that a lot of times we mentioned because they transferred in or they've been here but you just didn't know. And then the last one is, where they at? Like, these are some guys that we got some names, but where they at? Like, Quan Lee, where he at? He committed. He hadn't signed. And um, some of these guys aren't on. They're like, they're on the ESPN roster, but they're not on the family roster. I'm going to leave that alone. And we're going to finish with the elephant in the room. And that's Xavier. We, we, we're going to talk about Xavier. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but now that we have hit that up and we hit the big names up, the returners. So some of the returners that you're going to want to know about Kareem Burke, six foot, number five, one reception, 21 yards. Uh, so not a lot of production, but he's, he's still new. Like he's kind of young. Then also you have Christopher Sanders, five, 11. He's number six, 11 yards. You know, two receptions. Javante Davis, another one, four, four receptions, 60 yards. It's only touchdowns against UNC. Like, yeah, Derek Hall, 5'10. He forced a fumble. And that, that's kind of the thing that you're starting to see, even with Nicholas Dixon. Like, Nicholas Dixon, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know he had a. I was like, man, I looked at the stats. Number 88, he's 6'2. Four receptions, 44 yards. And so I was like, Man, I've been talking some noise. I, I said, fam, you by 20 against Jackson State. I, I need some – okay. Where we at with that? Because yeah, after the game, I ain't trying to be leaving the, the stadium looking like, you know, stupid. <laughs> but, yeah, and you started to realize real quick, when you look at the family receiver room, yeah. Those top three guys that are your big-name returners pretty much take up almost the entirety of your returning offense, and that's a 1,000 yards just about by themselves, and it's not by a lot. So you, you start to kind of look like Musa didn't throw for 3,000 yards. I think last year he threw for like 2,700. Whoa, that's kind of alarming. If you're a fan, you fan like the receiving core. Okay, so what happened? Like, what's what's going on here? Well, we got some new boys coming in. One is Jamari Gassett, 
And Gassett, 5'10 receiver. He's from Buffalo. He's number two. 28 receptions, 300 yards. And one thing, I'll give the University of Buffalo's website a little something-something. And I appreciate that. They talk about him. It was speedy receiver. And he creates some splash plays. That that's that's something I needed to hear <laughs> because and I saw his film. This film was pretty solid. Huddle looks nice. And that's going to be something that you definitely want to see. Like you're going to want to be able to see something from some of these guys. Otherwise, it's going to be some consternation and some hand wrangling going on because. Yo, we at the receiving position, I got questions and. I will say I'll give Moose some credit. You know, if you didn't catch the uh, video from last week, I'll pull it back you, up a little bit. You, a lot bit. of guys got a lot of reps today. Quarterback, just ask Coach just how these game reps get you guys ready for the fall, for the future. How do you feel like you did today? And just it would let me skip ahead. I was trying to skip ahead to the part. You, a lot of guys got a lot of reps today. Quarterback, the receiving core. Sorry, we were talking about the receiving core, and he kind of gives you a little bit of like, okay. I'm okay with this. He talks about how important the running game is going to be. And it it's just something that, again, come going into some of these games, I would have told, I would have, I would have sworn, oh, famous Stephen Court. Yeah, we're solid. We're solid. Uh, oh, I, 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 I don't have questions. I won't say it like that. What I'll say is there's reasons for those that are not as affiliated to be concerned. Because you don't have that big name guy, you don't have that, um, you don't have that thousand yard receiver coming back. It's like you don't. Now you got some other guys. We got Mark Marcus Phillips. That is the Virginia State transfer. He didn't play last season, and that that, I mean, I've heard why. I can't confirm, and I don't. Y'all know I don't slander out here. Like I, I keep it. I keep it a buck. I say what I know, and that which I don't know, I don't talk on. But I'll I'll speculate in private. And yeah, long story short, he didn't get to play last season. Six three receiver though, and I think he's going to be one of those guys that you're going to be seeing on the field a lot more than not. I'm just going to say that about him. Another one is. Michael Williams, 5'8", number 21, kick returner vibes. And then Tyler Pye, 5'8", he's a UAB transfer. He's a local kid, though. So I don't know if he's really going to get a shot or if he's for practice squad. Uh, all right. Some of these guys, I'll be honest, especially with the amount of athletes we're taking on, man, they might be casualties when you start looking at reassessing the number of scholarships you have to offer and, and present. Like, just being honest, like you got Jalen Howard, 5'9". You got to carry. So it's it's kind of like that's why they call the other guys for me. You know, and it's not to discredit them, but it's because some of them have been here. Some of them, this is their second, third year in the system, but they just didn't play last year for various reasons. Hopefully they get to make it to the field this year and kind of do some things for us as a program. Now, my next one, where they at? So, Finley Graham, where is he at and when is he coming? Finley Graham is the UF transfer 5'9". I'm not even going to lie to y'all. I'm, I'm kind of excited. All right, that, that's a dude. That's a dude. That's a dude. I, I, you know, I, I can say it enough, but that's someone that if he can pick up the offense, I'm looking for him to do some things. Other one is Szechuan Inge, 5'10", number 82, Minnesota State transfer. He kind of hit that other guy's section, but he's also where you at for me. Like, he's another guy that, okay, he signed, he committed last year, if I remember correctly. Where is he at? Are we going to see him on the field? Because these are some of the guys that we're going to be looking at. And then there's the elephant in the room. And the elephant in the room is Xavier Smith's not there anymore. And that's a huge departure. Part of the reason we as FAMU fans were so, I guess, disappointed with kind of how the things went with him because we saw the production. You're talking 87 receptions, 
He had a thousand yards and eleven touchdowns. That's almost twice as many yards as the closest guy, from, from which would have been closest returner, which would have been Shreed. It is, and look, I'm not a mathematician, so that's why I'm gonna keep on scrolling back down. That's almost twice as many catches as K dot. Literally one less than twice as many catches as Jamari Shreed. So you, you, you lost a thousand yard receiver that had 80 receptions and 11 touchdowns. Go back and look at this FAMU receiving core and look at how many touchdowns the returners have combined. Not the tight ends. I didn't put tight ends in here because I realized I was like, man, I'm going to be just listing names for a minute. Whoa, there is definite <laughs> uh, cause for concern if you're a fan. But on the other side, you got to look at both sides of that coin. And my Jamaican coins over there. So let's look at both sides of this coin. While there is a area or cause for concern, that also means on the other side of that, there are some opportunities to get some get some get some opportunities to catch the, the football. I had man, look, I had <laughs> I just saw the Cameron and Brandon Marshall and Mace thing, and I had one of them pause moments. I was like, pause. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> but uh there's an opportunity for some receivers to make some names for themselves this year. Again, K Dot didn't play in the spring game. Uh, if I remember correctly, Oxendine and Manigo were there. Um, like I told y'all, Manigo made some catches. And honestly, let's be real about this. Manigo could have easily went for almost 500 yards if he didn't drop some of those balls. Like, he definitely had some drops that lowered his stats. Like I, I can call, I can recall at least a good seven to ten, five to seven. I'll say that ten is like aggressive. And that's probably like revisionist history from being frustrated in the moment. But I can call at least five drops where it's like, dang it, he had caught that. I think if he's, I think Manigo has the potential to at least have 500 yards this season. Easy. Now, KDOT, I think KDOT's where he's at. I think 500 yards is about where it's going to be. Now, Oxendine's the one, you know. That that's less than 200 yards. I think we're gonna be looking for day day to do some things this year. I'm thinking Oxendine is another 500 yard receiver. What I'm saying is, I think Family spreads the ball out. Last year, that corner route for Xavier was it. It was money. He was consistent. He was gonna catch the ball like it was. It was. It was that. It was. It was right there. You could sign a check. And turn it in and like, oh, Zay's gonna catch this. I ain't even worried about it. Walk away. Now, I ain't a lot of men go bounce some checks last year. I was just he, you know, oh, but he's he's still a good receiver. Like that's not saying the guy's bad. That's just saying that it's the honesty and watching the game. Like it's the difference between being a pure fan and being somebody who's gonna observe the game and honestly say what happened. Balls got dropped. It happened. I think he's going to make some more catches. I think some of the drops are going to happen. It's just, it's just, it's there. It's part of the game. But I'm looking for him to make some plays. Kareem Burke, that's another one. I'm looking to make some plays. I want to see what he's going to do this year. Like that's a guy I'm up on. I'm up on Burke. Uh, Sanders, I got to see it. Uh, same thing with Davis. Derek Hall too. He's another one. Uh, Dixon. I ain't gonna lie. I think Dixon's got an easy 300 yards in him. I I just you know and 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 no, I'm not adding all this in my head at this point. I'm looking at names on spitballing, but I, I really think Dixon can give you 300 yards. I'm, I'm I believe in I believe in our receiving core. Last year you just had a dominant receiver. Like you just had that dude. Like Xavier was that dude. Like go look at go look at his stuff with the Rams. And the brother looks like he belongs. He he don't look foreign up there. No, he don't look the prototypical size. But if you look at him and then you look at some of the other receivers that the Rams have, you're not over there looking like, oh, that's Xavier Smith kid. Yeah, you have a snowball's chance in hell of making it. 
No, nah, you're like, no, nah, that, that guy, I think he might make the team. Like, yeah, he looks like he belongs. I, I think that's going to be something we get from some of these other guys. Gasset, that's another one. I think Gas is going to give you at least about that 300 is his number. 350, he had 347 at Buffalo. I think he's a 350 guy. And if he can hold on to the ball, he could, he could be that guy that fits that Xavier role. Phillips, I don't know. I haven't seen Phillips really play. Excuse me. And his stats from Virginia State weren't stellar. The stats that they had online. Now, I've seen other stats other places where it looks like he was more prolific. It just didn't look like they reported his stuff properly. And that may be part of the why he left. But I, I think Phillips is a guy that you, you're definitely going to watch out for. Uh, Williams Pye, Howard Jones, I don't know. Finley Graham, I'm high on. Inge, I don't know about. Like, I, I just, I don't. And that's just me being honest about it. I, I think he can be something. I think Finley's got a solid five. I think you have a solid five. And I think out of what I just spoke about, you really got a solid seven or eight receivers that you can go through and just say, okay, I can hit this guy, hit this guy, hit this guy. And if y'all if y'all know me at all, when it comes to family tight ends, I'm up. I've been on family tight ends. I've been on that narcotic for a long time. Like ever since we got, uh, was it uh, Jalen Goss? Yeah, I was on him when he signed to Florida State, though. So I was, yeah, it, it's it's a problem over here. Like I'm, I'm big on family's tight ends, and I, I even, I ask coach questions at times about underutilizing those cats. Like, yo, I don't like our tight end room. I think our tight end room at times is better than what Florida State had, and I'll, I'll stand on that. I'm not one of those people that. It's going to sit up here and tell you FAMU's ever going to beat FAMU in football. But I, I will say, not this year. This year, they actually they actually came up. Like, that South Carolina transfer, they got to Florida State and everything else. He's solid. Um, and I actually liked Cam McDonald's. Like, I just – don't ask me why. Like, I wasn't a crazy fan of his, but I liked him. Like, I thought he was pretty solid. But I thought FAMU's tight end room, man. I thought we could give him a run for the dollars. And so – yeah, man. We're, we're gonna. I'm probably lump them in. I don't know. I was gonna try to lump them in with the offensive line, but we had to back that off and get them their own little uh, thing. Uh, but yeah, that that's that's where I'm at with that man. Like, I'm really up on them. Um, as a matter of fact, let me just do the tight ends now. Like, so that way I don't even have to go and re 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 send out my schedule. My schedule. Like, but no, I, I'm up on family tight ends. Big. That's probably one of my favorite positions, and it's not close. Like family's tight end room, it's 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 there for me. It's because I like our size. I think I like our size. I don't think I know. I like our size. I like how versatile that they are. And one of the things and one of the ways our tight ends are used for, they're used as goal line options. So instead of having the six 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 seven receiver. We use the tight ends. For better or worse, we use the tight ends. And we're solid. We got, what, four? So we got Jeremy Pruitt, 6'5", 230, redshirt senior. Okay. I kind of like him, though. Like, no no, no funny business. I like that guy. Like, Pruitt is a guy I'm, I'm big on. Like, I'm, I like him. I, again, I like his size. 6'5", as a tight end. I don't know how much I love him as a blocker all the time, but I think in a swack he works. Uh, 6'5", 230. I like him, though. Hard worker. Good dude, too. Like, I ain't gonna lie. Like, Prue is pretty solid, dude. Um, another one, Kobe Gross. I told y'all, I've been up on Kobe Gross since he got to Florida State. 6'2", 238. He was a Juco, like, dude. Like, he was a dude. And so, then you got Kamari Young, 6'4", 245. And then you got... Ronald Smith, 6'1", 220. He's a young buck, though. Smith transferred from Flomo. Um, so 6'1", 220. A little light in the draws. So if he can gain another 10 pounds, he's solid. But I, one thing, since I do have you and I have your ear about these famous tight ends, man, look, you use them as an H-back. I'm just saying. Kobe Gross as an H-back, especially – him, Kamari Young, or Ronald Smith as an H-back. I don't know if I put Pruitt as an H-back just because 
at six five, I don't really like them coming at three point stance and all that stuff to run up the gut like that. I, you know, I'm old. I, I like a little bit of a, you know, give me a kind of stocky fullback who ain't got no neck. You know, that's that's kind of fullback I like. But for H back, I ain't gonna lie. And it's weird because Kamari Young is six four, but I guess it's because he's listed at two forty five. Is why I'm kind of like, all right, you two forty five. I have to trip the Bojangles though. Kamari like probably two fifty. Yeah, yeah, give me that. Yeah, give him the ball on the one yard line. And let him just run that mug in there. Like I'm telling y'all, the tight ends, while not part of the Rack Boys, I feel like they are slept on. And you got three seniors, so that's going to be a point of emphasis in recruiting. Like, look for that to be a spot where FAMU hits the transfer portal. It's not even going to be a uh, a scenario where we really, to me, try to go do a lot of high school kids because Pruitt's red shirt. Gross is redshirted, Young is redshirted, Smith is redshirted, but he's a sophomore. So all those other guys are redshirt seniors. I think in the tight end room, that's going to be a place where you're going to be able to see a little heat. Like it, it's going to be kind of fun. And six four six five at tight end, like I'm just saying, I I kind of like Jeremy Pruitt out there on the corner. Like just in that, if you're going to run that goal line fade, granted. We'll just get a little windy with throwing motion. I mean, he's quick now. He's quick with it, but he can kind of he can have a little wind up sometimes. Uh, when he like when he's back there and he's trying to be like really perfect, like Dan Marino perfect, he'll be back there like winding and posing. I ain't gonna lie, like I be catching you, Musa. But yeah, like so. Quick recap, man, y'all. You got you got your tight end room, and I'll, I'll finish with them. I'll come back to them. But you got your big name receivers. These I'm calling your big name receivers because one, all of them got either nicknames or just names that you know. Jamaria Sharid, also known as K Dot, he is your leading returning receiver, 583 yards. But he's about he's about my height, so take that with a grain of salt. But he can move, he can scoot. I don't know what his pro potential is. I'll say it like that. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blow smoke up your tail and tell you every dude's gonna make the league. I don't know what his pro potential is. I don't, and it's gonna be related to height. Now, if he can get produ the production and show some versatility, I think it can work. Especially if he can get back there and show that he can return kicks. I think that's something that's valuable to a professional team. But five seven. It's kind of tough. Uh, now, Oxidon, Oxidon's got that that five ten, uh, but less than two hundred yards last year. I, I, I need Oxidon to get closer to five. I'm hoping he can. I think he's a five hundred yard receiver, at least. Um, but considering K dot went over five like that, I think he's going to take some of those rate routes that Xavier ran last year and run with him. Now, Oxendine, same thing, same height, 5'10". Can he be consistent? Can he stay healthy? Those will be the big questions. Manigo, prototypical size. Like, that is the prototypical size. That is, if we're playing Madden or my Xbox controller somewhere, it's over there. You can't see it. That's the size of a receiver that I'm making out of creative receiver. If I'm trying to like not be overly a cheater and have like a seven foot receiver, but I'm gonna do like a little, you know, creative player, get a six three receiver. That's the size. And like Manigo's the size. I think he's a 500 yard guy. I think he had, I think he could have got 500 yards last year if he, if he had caught a few more balls easily. He's easily hitting 500 yards. But the other thing is, and my dad always loved to call in the middle of the show. Don't ask me why. Um, but I definitely feel like Manigo has got the size, and he could be that guy. And out of the returners, uh, Kareem Burke, I'm looking to see what he's going to give me. Chris Sanders. Um, Trey Davis, too. Like He got a touchdown against UNC. So we're going to see, like, all those guys that are kind of in that returners area, 
Nicholas Dixon. They're all guys that can they fill that void? Are they going to be able to be those guys who can eat up some of those yards that are available? Because all of a sudden, Xavier Smith leaves. He took a thousand yards with him, eleven touchdowns. That means there's a thousand yards in this in this offense that are available. Is he going to get them? Is he going to be one of the ones to get that? Then we got the new boys. I told y'all, Jamari Gassett. He's explosive. I he I'm just going to say that he, he is the most out of the kind of other guys that weren't here last year that is going to likely fill that void. And yeah, he, he's got potential. He's one of those guys. If you give him five yards, he might take 20. And that that's just, this is being honest with that with the other guys, Marcus Phillips. I'm looking to see what he, what he, what he develops into six, three. Is he going to be able to fit in the offense? Is he going to be able to find his niche? Because within Famey's offense, it's never about size. It's all about route running. And can you catch the ball? That's that was that was that was the secret. If you if you didn't notice, like within Willie Simmons' system, it's not about simply being a big receiver. He actually kind of prefers the smaller receivers because they run very crisp routes. And if you can run crisp routes, you can be where Willie wants you to be at the right time. The offense is about timing. And if you can disrupt the timing of family's offense, that's when you F it up. Like, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, scouting for anybody. It's if you're a coach and you're reputable, you see this. Like the trick to family's offense is that it has to stay in rhythm. Like I'll ask questions occasionally to coach about us staying on schedule. And it's two things. Family's offense has to stay in rhythm and it has to stay in the schedule. And the schedule not meaning like this, this, and the third, this, the no, it's saying this needs to be at this place at this time. First down is first and 10. We know this. As long as it's first and 10 to first and 15, it's okay. It's manageable. Second down needs to be second and eight to less. Like anything after when it's second and 10, the offense is off schedule. Third down, third and five or below. Otherwise, the offense is off schedule, and that's when mistakes happen. And when you go back and look at the Ryan Stanley era, go back and look at when uh, McKay would make a mistake. Look at Musa. Hell, look at all three Jackson State losses. They're because the offense kind of some funny stuff happened. Normally, it's a penalty, and that's that's the Achilles heel of this offense. The Achilles heel to family's offense is penalties. It's never just the drop balls. The drop balls are frustrating. But it is penalties and missed blocks. When the offensive line is blocking and we can get a running game going, because, yeah, he's shotgun Willie. But he actually does like to run the ball more than you think. But the biggest problem is, Within our offense, we have to stay on schedule. And that's what these receivers are going to offer you. And the tight end room gives you that as well. Because with our tight ends, we ask them to block a lot. But they're also big bodies. So they are those guys where when we kind of get off schedule, they're the guys you're kind of looking to. It just just when you're watching it, go back and look. A lot of the times when the tight ends are called upon, it's where, eh, eh, like, I need a short yardage area, and all my receivers are five, ten, and below. Okay, let me get my six five tight end. Mm, crap, we're kind of in a funky position as far as field position wise. Let's find a tight end. Like that's where they come into play because they're very athletic, they're tall, and they they just could be those guys that can be X factors for us. And so when you're looking at the importance of the receiver room for FAMU, it's really three things. One, catch the bleep of the bleep ball. Like, like I'm not, I'm not trying to curse today. I'm trying to be, trying to be right. But catch the darn ball. Two, eliminate stupid penalties. 
jumping off sides is a stupid penalty for a receiver. And we've all done it. Like, I'm not lambasting or beating or picking on anyone. I'm stating the obvious. Limit the silly penalties. Otherwise, all of a sudden, we start getting off schedule. Lastly, and I'll be honest, any receivers are pretty solid at this block. Like, fan receivers block. Like, un- underrated quality of FAMU receivers. All them jokers can block. I have yet to see a FAMU receiver that just got his tail whipped in blocking. Now, I've seen some that got some dumb penalties. Almost a hook. Almost. But for the most part, FAMU receivers can block. And almost all of them can run really nice routes. Like, they run the route tree really well. And that's the secret. And with the tight end game, we don't use the tight ends enough, in my opinion. 6'4", 6'5", all of them. 230-plus, all of them. And that ain't that's before a trip to Bojangles, Churches, Popeyes, Olings. Like, let them get the Obama Slam breakfast first thing in the morning. Man, that's 265. Like, what? If you and look, and if you ain't go to fam, you I don't want to hear it. You ain't been to Orleans. If you ain't been to Orleans, I question are you a rattler? First, I question you, but secondly, I commend you for not doing it on the day when you got classes. Cause look, I went to Orleans one day for class. Man, I was sitting there looking at the professor like this, like, bros, whatever you got, man. But as long as I make it to the end of class, we all right. Cause the day, I ain't got the, I ain't even in the mood to argue. I'm tired. That food put me on my backside. But it was good. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie, old lens was good. Still is. But that's the secret. I just look, that's the secret of family's offense. Stay on schedule. Stay and uh stay on pace. It's a rhythm. It's a rhythm-based offense. Like it you you look, and when family's offense is clicking, it's a rhythm. It's a rhythm. It's not just Okay, this nope. It's the quarterback's drops within here, his foot hits a certain place, the ball's gone. It's very rhythm based. And when you throw off that rhythm, is when the other teams have success. Willie Simmons' first season again, when we lost to Jackson State, the offense gets off schedule. Again, his first season, he played against a coach who was in his third season. Willie Simmons just came, he inherited a team that was butt cheeks. Uh, I think we had th- three and eight the previous season. Took that to six and five. We blew the game late. But you can see, if you go back and watch it, we got off schedule. We made some mistakes. It kicked us in the teeth. Look at the first OBC. The weather kind of kicks in. Weather throws up off schedule. McKay can't really get in us in rhythm lose by one point and we missed a field goal last year man that was a cluster <laughs> roster wise that was a cluster like NCA this NCA that all this kind of craziness going on you lose it happens like even even if you go and look at the game against UNC when we we were good until we got off schedule so it's it's just one of those things where with Famie's offense, you got to stay on schedule, and the receivers are imperative to that. And the biggest ways that they help us stay on schedule is catching the ball and reducing preventable penalties. Holding, it's going to happen. As a receiver, look, you shouldn't happen because they're really not looking at you that much. And please don't get a block in the back. Like if somebody's – if the dude's in front of you, he about to walk your boy down. Look, your boy's just slow. Let him get walked down. Like, I'd rather you let your boy get walked down opposed to you coming up, running by, and just shoving a joker in the back. Like, nah, man. Sorry about that, buddy. Like, nah. Like, if you're fast enough, run up and catch your boy and get in the middle and just put your hands up and be like, hey, hey, hey. Because the second he pushes you in the back, it's a push in the back and some defensive penalty should be. Should be a block in the back at that point. So, again, though, you're starting to see, like, it's some of the mind games. It's some of that benefit of having a very senior receiving core 
and a receiving core that's pretty strong. So it, I'm going to be interested to see there in a tight end group that's very strong. So it's going to be fun to see y'all. So we're going to look at this offensive line next. Um, might try to dabble into the facility. We got a big line. Like FAMU's line is deep. And I'll say this. I think that is a direct result of what happened last season as far as how you entered the game, entered the season, and entered the game against Jackson State. This is a all-or-nothing season. Point blank and period. FAMU's going for that million dollars. We, we are going for the jackpot. And anything less is a failure. I'm just saying, look at the way the roster is built. Look at the moves that are being made. Look at the way the schedule is set up. It's all or nothing. There is no playoff talk. There will be no playoff talk. Unless there is a loss in the season, there is no playoff talk. It is what it is. So we know what it is. And, um, man, it's going to be some good times we had this season. Um, before we get out of here, though, go check out Cable Buster TV. Man, the website is getting updated. But you're seeing right here, Cable Buster TV. Who are you going to call? Cable Buster NFL, NBA, pay-per-view, local TV, all starting at $35 per month on up to three devices. And you can get it from one to five de devices. Ooh, nominal fee. So 813-360-1902. Who are you going to call? Cable Buster. So go check them out, man. Good people. They, they decided to sign back up for another sponsorship. We're looking for more sponsors. If you want to sponsor the Fangs Up Podcast, come join. Come hit me up, fangsuppodcast at gmail.com. So also check out fangsuppodcast.com. Updating the website uh, almost daily, man. I ain't gonna lie. We got behind on that and just was like, oh, man, I, I thought something was wrong with the website. That's my fault. And then I was looking, looked, I was like, oh, there's nothing wrong with it. Oh, crap. Let me go fix that. So we are in the process of fixing that. I <laughs> um, am in the process of fixing that. So we're going to get it up to date. And by football season's date time, the website will be date appropriate and up to date. So uh, big shot at Herb Seward and the Black Techies, though. HBCU Digital Network. This is home. Man, y'all. Catch us on Sunday. Might I might have to record that. Might not. We're going to talk about this offensive line. The offensive line is deep. And we're also going to kind of talk about, you know, this little stadium issue going on. Like, well, I've seen some folks in uh, Penalty Talk. I appreciate you. Penalty Talk was up there in the top three for people or fans of FAMU that you should be following along with the OEG Strike Zone and the FQ FAMU Twitter page, which I do run the FQ FAMU Twitter page along with Fangs Up. Uh, hopefully we have some more news. I, I got I to gotta bother my resident um, alumni person. I may call him soon to see if we're going to do a little something with that. Your, uh, your brother may be doing something with that too. But um, yeah, you know, I, I, I can't leave it alone. <laughs> I love this FAMU too much. But, um, yeah, so catch us Sunday, 830. We're going to talk about this offensive line. And, again, we're going to kind of look at the stadium. Uh, if you missed, I was on round one with St. Clair on Hallelujah 95, and we were talking about that, so I've become one of the regular guests on that show right there. But we're going to talk about this whole stadium thing, and one of the conversations that Penalty Talk brought up was what is FAMU going to do with those renovation proposals that were put out there. And so I'm going to give you a little bit of my ideas. Um, I'll be honest with you. I, after pretty much building a brand new stadium, I don't know if that stadium was built with that renovation in mind. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it there. Um, and we just redid the uh, parking lot, which I don't think had that renovation in mind. But um, we're going to talk about that. Uh, and then also kind of give you my ideas. I, I mentioned a little bit my only qualm about the um, the naming of the new facilities of FAMU. Uh, my only frustration is 
with Coach Wiggins, I, I think y'all doing her a disservice. Like the softball field, softball complex. Hello, like Veronica Wiggins, softball complex. Simple. Just naming the field after what? Well, that's not enough. Like I'm sorry. I, look, I've shared this before. I'll share it again. Coach Wiggins is the only coach that I remember in recent memory that coached a Division I scholarship program, won championships, and taught the damn class. I was going to be good today, but that, that, burns, that burns me up that she can't get the complex. She taught softball class, and I'm not telling you what somebody told me. I took the class. I sat in there and was swinging softballs, and Coach Wiggins was talking cash shit to me. And I said chit. Uh, yeah, like chitlins. Like she was talking trash. Yeah, over there. Uh-huh, boy, I put some. Coach, I don't want to hit you with a softball. Boy, I put so much English on this ball. You ain't going to hit me. Come on. And was talking trash and meant it. Like, no, it, I'm sorry. That, that's going to be something I'll take with me. And as I see my teacher and my coach uh, age and age gracefully, I might say, I will uh, argue with anybody that that place should be the Veronica Wiggins softball complex, not just softball field. And and that's I, that's where I'll leave it at. I, I I definitely feel like, you know, that's what I'll stand on, because I I really feel like if we sit up here and play that game, and I'll play it with you, that that's the one I'll that's the hill I'll die on for you. Yeah, I I I'll sit on that hill and die on it, because I I feel like we we are definitely missing some corporate sponsorship opportunities. And again, I feel like naming stuff for people is cool, it's great, and it's honorable, but it don't pay no dang gum bills unless they're writing checks. And a lot of times we're just honoring people who have done a great service for the university. But in this case, this is somebody who built a program. Like she stayed so long to where they practically put in the turf field while she was still the coach. I believe it was it was installed while she was a coach. The batting cages, like literally that softball facility was built around Veronica Wiggins and her tenure at Florida A&M University. So um, again, if you want to argue with me, put in the comments, that's cool. Um, or disagree. I ain't going to argue with name one of y'all about that one at all. But that's that's a spot that, while she is still here to say good morning to us, needs to be the complex. And within that, we need to find corporate sponsorships within that. We need a concession area. We need a this and that. You know, it has a bathroom. You know, it ain't the best, but it's a bathroom. You can pee. But we need some type of sponsorships that are taking place on campus we, we have done ourselves a disservice naming so many things after people who are and should be honored but not allowing ourselves to generate residual revenue because we're seeing that now those opportunities are passing us and as i'll, I'll uh, quote st Clair, if you don't if you don't follow and if you haven't caught on, go catch him on round one. But he points out, how many more things are there for family to name? And I was like, dang, that's a great point. Now, one of the things I think that we could do is brag or at brag as you look to expand it and potentially follow through on that plan, the interest rate, the interest gates. Like, have the interest gates be named after corporate sponsors. Um, 
And I ain't look, I ain't gonna lie to y'all. I don't eat Lindy's chicken no more. I stopped going to Lindy's when the lady who made the carrot cake died. Like that used to be my that used to be my carrot cake spot. Like I would drive across town to get some carrot cake from there. But when she died, the chicken was already kind of like mm, it fell off. I, I shut that shit down. Um, uh, um, but like raising canes, Guthrie's, like uh, what's the name of the place y'all like to go to? Chubby's. Uh, you know, Chubby's hit or miss. Like Chubby's used to be a spot after the club. Though. I ain't gonna lie. Like, and I ain't I ain't no club person, but it was always good to people watch because y'all people was drunk. Just go through the drive through and laugh and get some good chicken. Um, but I'm just saying, like, because I know Bojangles got to deal with the ACC, but I'm just saying, like, all right, I don't have no elephants in here, and I don't, ain't around no deltas. So, um, but. Can we address the elephant in the room? It, I'm okay with the swag having a, a deal with like somebody sells chicken. It's not because we black. The ACC got a chicken deal, Bojangles. We can get Popeyes. I mean, heck, Krispy Crunch, something. Like, we need some type of sponsorship deal because, look, I'll be honest with you. I'm pretty sure the only reason there's a Bojangles in Tallahassee is because of the ACC in Florida State. It's straight though. It's better than ones down here in Central Florida. The one in Daytona sucks. Don't go there. Don't. Mm -mm. If you're getting chicken from Daytona, go to Bethune Grill. But again, all of that stated, y'all. And I'm sorry, I did not mean to rant that hard, but I'm really passionate about this. Um, and I do mean that we are missing opportunities, and we are able to see that within the last day or so when that expense report came out. And FAMU's like number 65 as far as like revenue. And that's almost exclusively football. We don't charge for anything else. Like, I mean, you charge the basketball, nobody goes to watch it. Softball's free, baseball's free, tennis is free, uh, bowling's free. I think bowling's free. Like, everything else is free, like to go watch. So, literally, FAMU's football program is carrying the entire athletic department. Like, it's imperative that this basketball team gets decent. And I got basketball jerseys. Like, I, unlike some of y'all, I bought the jerseys. I got them for $35. But, <laughs> but uh, look, I bought the jerseys. Look, the two jerseys was not as much as the football jersey. But, again, <laughs> just being real with y'all on that one, like, I look. I got them things for the low. I jumped on that thing quick. Like, 35 for the family jerseys? Yeah, let me get that right fast, bro. But it's imperative that this football program wins and does some things. All right, y'all. I've held you long enough. We all, we're approaching an hour. Ooh, I'm sorry. But we'll be back. We're going to be talking about this offensive line. And, uh, man, what are some of the guys you should be looking for? Because we got some versatile linemen. TJ Demas, yo, I want to see look, we see, see what this weight room doing because TJ good for posting like videos online. And if you're not following our players on Instagram, do that, man. TJ K dot uh, K dot has got a clothing line, man. Like, follow our guys online. They produce some hilarious TikToks. This is the reason that students want to be a part of this football program because it looks like fun. Uh, go back and check out Scotty Oscar and what he was talking about. Part of the reason FAMU is popping is because even at the prom left, we didn't stop posting. And we have great people like Josh Padilla, who just got a great article written by him, but my brother from another mother, Gerald Thomas uh, G3. You know, check him out, 3PG. Uh, check him out, social media, Talis Democrat. So, um, but man, I've talked too long and stayed too long. So, till. Sunday, 8.30. This is Fangs Up. Yeah, baby, you know what time it is. Now let's get it started. Are you kidding me? Unreal. While our HBCUs are mostly known for an academic rigor, community, 